What's up, Going Deep audience? This is an interview with Tucker Brown about how he's transformed his family ranch using video marketing. The interview originally aired on our sister show, Elite Video Marketing, hosted by my co-founder at Piper Creative, Hannah Phillips. I'm a huge fan of Tucker's, so when we landed the interview with him, I had to hop on the interview with her to talk about his strategy and ask a ridiculous question at the end about selling semen on the internet. I know that sounds weird, but I promise you it is worth the discussion and worth the listen. So please go check out this interview and then subscribe to Elite Video Marketing on your preferred podcast platform. We are putting out really valuable, insightful podcasts there every Wednesday. It'll pair nicely as you build your business brain across all of Piper Creative's content. Here's the interview. It's an honor to be with you. I'm, I'm always excited to talk about uh, the things I enjoy doing. So I'm uh, just glad to be here. Thanks. Of course. So I'm super interested to know right off the bat, how has video marketing impacted the growth of your ranching business since you've started? Oh, we, we've always been uh, put a lot of importance on history and in being able to keep up with history includes taking a lot of pictures, taking a lot of videos and being able to see them years later. That's something my family's done for a long time. I've seen pictures of my great-grandparents ranching. And uh, so my mother, she's a photographer, and uh, the videos are kind of what caught my eye rather than – I still love photography, but do, taking pictures or doing videos and uh, marketing that way catches my eyes. And I love to add – hopefully add a little humor, uh, education to it. I think that makes it fun to watch, to listen to. And so it, it's helped our company, one, because name recog brand recognition is big. And the, hopefully they see uh, when they people who see the brand uh, have a respect for the history, but then uh, good memories, whether it's a funny video or really neat pictures that they saw come to mind. So uh, it's really helped our merchandise business, our beef business. As far as cattle, it's, uh, it, I don't know if I can put a dollar value to that. Um, horses, I think it's really helped get pe bring people to to the ranch to our sales, uh, and I I I am confident it's helped on the cattle side. I just can't put a dollar figure to. That's awesome. Super impressive. Obviously, like the name recognition, the brand recognition is is huge. I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. I especially if it's uh if it's good recognition. I mean, there's. There's definitely plenty of ways. To, it takes a long time to build that good reputation and not very long to, to burn it down. And I've got uh, big shoes to fill with family that I respect and love very much and the generations before me and trying not to tear that up in a, in a crowd of 100 and now 60, 70,000 on TikTok is something I need to pay attention to. Amen. So you, we mentioned that the ranch is now in its sixth generation of ownership within the family. It sounds like, you know, there's some history of the photography and the video being produced, but, you know, how was that communicated or how was that shared or taken by the rest of the family when, you know, you, the, your content blew up back in May of 2021? The ag business I, as a whole, I don't think looks at TikTok as a, as a huge positive, right? Uh, so it's new. Um, when people think of that, they, they don't tend to come up with, when they think of the people who do it, don't tend to think of hardworking uh, people who are out making a living, working hard every day. So 
you know, I'm trying to change that. Has there been some bumps along the road, especially first when starting out with uh, trying to show how much it's helping? I think it's helping. There was some, some, uh, you know, like, eh, we don't need to spend our time doing that. Let's, let's do something else on the ranch. But now that it's blown up and done some really cool things, you know, the family's jumped on board. And I, I really appreciate that because it could have been easy just to still heckle me for it, you know. And, and previously, the photos and the videos that were made, were those really shared externally or were they kind of kept more like family mementos and keepsakes? Oh, so a lot of our photography and so, so my, I have a cousin who is a professional Western photographer. Emily McCartney is her name. Uh, my mother's a photographer. Um, I have another cousin that does the same thing. So it's in our family that I, I don't know if it's the, the, the artistic eye or the, you know, we see all this beauty around us and the sounds you can hear my horse hollering over here, Nickering. And so we're, we, and we want to share that. So a lot of it's been shared through our catalog that we put out two times a year for our cattle sales, mostly photography. And, uh, my cousin started, uh, Emily McCartney started her own, uh, what do you call it? Uh, gallery, photo gallery, and has done some really cool things there. So it's probably the past five years has it become more shared externally. Uh, we've shared it on Facebook for years on, on Instagram, but now that videos and photos are becoming more popular that of, uh, showing ranch life and Western life, we've jumped right on with it. And if people want to see it, I'm here to share it. Love that. Photos and videos are such a huge need for businesses to thrive and succeed in 2022, which brings me to a quick ad break for our sponsor, inhousevideographer.com. If you want to level up your elite video marketing skills, you can get lifetime access to this training platform at inhousevideographer.com close more sales, increase more client retention, and build a powerful magnetic brand. Tucker, I'm super curious, um, what was like your biggest learning curve for TikTok and how did you kind of get over that when you were first starting to produce this video content? And the, the cool thing about TikTok is uh, the, the videos I've been making and the, the creativity that comes to mind to make them, it, I didn't have to change anything I was doing, but it gave me a platform to share it. So I think the, the learning curve, the learning curve for me has really come probably with negative feedback. I, I, I haven't had to deal with that very often, but what's the right way? What's the best way? And I'm a, I'm a people person. I love people and I love to be loved by them. And so receiving negative negative comments and negativity and hate is is not easy for me because I can take it personally so that was you know that was probably one thing that was I had to overcome and then uh, another thing I think was just learning the business making it a business learning the business side of it of how much to post what times and um, how these these larger companies coming in wanting to be uh, whether I'm an ambassador for it or a sponsor for the page of not being ran over because I don't know that side of the industry. So I, the cool thing is, is I haven't changed anything I've done, but learning the business side was a huge curve for me and I still have a long ways to go and learning how to react to the negative side of the, what comes with a following audience. 
Aaron and I can definitely relate to that. That was a learning curve for us as well. <laughs> so uh, when you are doing this, like, like it's always interesting to me when someone has uh, a profession that's highly physical, right? Like certain jobs, you're sitting at a laptop. It's it's very digital. And in certain ways, that gives you more or less flexibility, but you have these physical responsibilities that are part of your day-to-day -day job. How do you think about setting the time aside to create video, to create different types of content? Um, is, it, is it on the fly? Is it more planned out? Like, how do you, how do you structure that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. The, uh, on a ranch, there's my dad and my granddad would always tell me there's, never tell them you're bored because there's always something they can tell you to go do and you're right we're, we're working with these living beings all these livestock cattle and horses that need we need to make sure they have fresh water and feed every day and if it's christmas we can't take off because then the cattle don't eat right so those are uh i think the schedule is just uh something that's different some of it is on the fly like like you mentioned of i just find a 30 minute window where we, we, everything is fed and we've uh, finished going through pins and, and nothing is there that we need the doctor to get better. And so we have just a little bit of time to, to put the video together. And uh, thankfully I have some people around me who are, who are okay with holding the camera while I, I can act a little silly in front of it. <laughs> so when, when you do have those 30 minute time slots, do you already have an idea of what you want to shoot for that day? Or are you kind of brainstorming on the fly? Like some of these, some of these videos that have really performed well for you are like almost cinematic masterpieces where you're riding through the desert with the lasso in slow motion. Like it's, it's, it seems like it takes a lot of pre like preparing for that, but what does your brainstorming uh, process look like? A lot of times when I'm, I don't know, it's almost become a part of my job, I guess you'd say. When I'm scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, I'm looking for ideas to, to be in my head for those 30, you know, 30 minutes that I have. And I have, there's, there's other times we, we try to do a good job of getting everybody a, a weekend, every other weekend off. And that gives me a lot of time to come out during those weekends off with my family to be able to, to do those videos too. But when I'm watching videos, I tend to look for ways of to be able to use the trends to reach an audience, but make it, make it Western, make it cowboy. And the doing the one running with the horse was done by accident, almost kind of, of uh, just, we were going back to the, back to our barn and I said, Hey, video me while I run. And then, that blew up and so that's kind of what my page has almost been known for a little bit and to go from there but I, the way i've been able to get it out there is by continuing to follow i guess you could say the trends but to put it my own personal western cowboy spin on it love that, love that. um have you noticed and we're, we're gonna like give ourselves away as as uh clearly not uh, from the country, but have you noticed an uptick in interest? You, you're talking about like the Western lifestyle ranching generally associated with the show Yellowstone. Uh, man, there's been a huge impact that, that show in general. Uh, I think now more than ever, two different reasons that uh, people are coming to agriculture. One, I think 
I think people are more invested in wanting to know where their food comes from uh, because a lot of people went back to cooking at home during COVID. Had to started thinking more about where their food's coming from because they're cooking it at home, relearning to cook. And so I think that was part of it. Yellowstone coming out at the same time, just being a, a huge, massive different audience that has a whole bunch of time, has not been able to go on any vacation, so has some a little bit of external money. So they're going to buy some a horse and maybe some boots or a cowboy hat. And so interest has spiked dramatically which has just almost given me a platform that raised me without me doing anything and, and other, you know, Western influencers like me because the, there's an interest in ranching from Yellowstone. And then with COVID happening, people are just way more enthused of learning who's raising the food and is it safe? And I'm out here with both of those and love sharing that. And so if, if anybody, you know, if they want to hear it, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them. Love that. Is there, um, you know, you mentioned that you just kind of put your own spin on the trends and, and are scrolling on TikTok yourself and being an active consumer of the app, just so you know how to keep up with it. Is there anyone that you're following that you gain a particularly large amount of inspiration from or who are, who comes up in your own for you page? I'm curious. Yeah, that's a good question. The, I mean, it's kind of from all over. I get a, some of the trends that I use tend to be some, uh, I don't know, the, the TikTokers that have millions of followers and tend to do a lot of trends. Um, Oh, the, the, like the drones I've been using, I, I got that from the guy who used the Justin Bieber song dancing, um, with the drone circling around him. And I use that a little bit. Um, uh, some of the other transition, transition trends I got from, uh, Nick Luciano's his name is more of a, a, a Western influencer and Western style. Uh, steady rain is another one that I really enjoy following. She is a, um, a young lady that grew up in the city and now she's ranching all over the United States and internationally and she's carrying an awesome camera and living in a trailer with her horses and does some really cool things with uh, the, the, the shots that she's able to get and so some of my more cinematic uh, views and inspiration come from her too. That's awesome. Where are you ultimately hoping to go with your content do you have a vision for how you'd like to utilize your audience in the future like what's what's next for you in this tiktok journey yeah so my you know my big i'm very much i like to think of myself as a visionary what's the big picture and i uh i want to be a uh i I love speaking and talking about agriculture and I love selling, uh, I, I love providing beef to hungry people. So we do that. We sell our own beef here at the ranch. And that is uh, being able to talk to someone who th- who just loves the idea of knowing the person that raised their food and that it's safe and, and wholesome and healthy. I love that part. And so, you know, the, the big vision is uh, being a, just being an ag advocate, uh, traveling to, uh, whether it's traveling to some conferences in uh, 
speaking about um, speaking about how to market or how to share your stories on these platforms to help your business or uh, you know I love <laughs> I, I love hacking and telling telling a whole bunch of facts about the beef industry that uh, many people have heard or seen lies about it and if I mean I'm here with it every day and if I can tell the facts and it's somebody who's there and seen it and been with it it gives some truth to it and so I love I, I love that part and if it can help my business along the way you know that's even better we you're preaching to the choir a little bit here because we love your content and we've, we've referenced a couple other ranchers that that we've just learned a lot from but for the folks that might be listening that are, are less informed can you share some of those statistics just just around what you know from the beef industry yeah so uh you know the the thing i love about the united states beef is we, we talk about efficiency and sustainability those are two two huge keywords uh in the past probably 10 years and the united states has the the, the most strict food system as far as when beef goes and the safest beef in the world is processed in the United States. Um, or, you know, it's tested, uh, it's tested for uh, a lot of folks think antibiotics are full in their beef it, and it's not, that's not true. It's uh, beef is tested for it. Hormones, antibiotics, it's tested for it. And naturally hormones are in beef and they're safe levels. And there are things like white bread that would have, uh, you would have to eat, if you ate three ounces of white bread, you would get, I'm going to get into the weeds here, 50,000 nanograms of estrogen would be in that three ounces of white bread. And if you eat three ounces of beef that has been um, what they call implanted, and folks are really worried about that, but it would have about three nanograms of estrogen in it. So to meet you know, there are things that we eat every single day that have way more of what people are looking at in beef to be unsafe. But the good news is, is that the safest, most efficient beef is right here in the United States. Right on. Can you talk just just a little bit more about the ranching business for folks that, that aren't aware of the kind of different lines? You referenced merchandise. Obviously, you're selling beef. Um, as, as part of our, our food system, but there are other drivers of, of revenue for the ranch as well. Yeah, I think it, uh, you know, as, as ranchers, really, we are land managers. We're managing the, the land, whether we lease it or we own it, that's what we're managing. And if you're only doing cattle on land, you're losing money. And that's no matter where you are, there's just not enough that comes from that as the value of land has spiked. Yeah that being a, uh, a huge investment for a lot of other people. And so other th I mean, you have to be looking at other options. So things we do that some might not do, we sell, uh, we sell water to other companies that may use it for um, cleaning buildings or uh, watering down roads, dirt roads, or using it to uh, uh, oil places around here with use water so we, we sell water and that's all uh that we've caught from rain so it's not nothing comes from underground where we are so everything all the water we have comes from rain we sell the water other things we do that are pretty interesting we uh, we have a couple airbnbs here on the ranch that we can kind of share you know our history our atmosphere with folks who want to come in and stay um beef the water 
uh, Airbnbs. Um, social media has kind of jumped in there and, and being a part of, uh, you know, part of the business. And that, that would be our main, oh, uh, and hunting. Uh, selling hunts, whether it's deer hunts, hog hunts, th- those are those are big big revenue drivers that that help us make a living. Yeah, and I I have to bring up one more Tucker. I apologize if this is is crass, but you know w- we help firms with their marketing, right? We're trying to help mm-hmm. them generate sales online, yeah. and so I look at my fair share of websites. They're selling you know uh, engineering services or financial planning or you know e-commerce makeup. I have never seen a semen order form before oh, on yes. a website. So can you explain <laughs> that as well? Yeah. So a little bit of what we do, that's a, that's a good question. And I can see how that is a little mind boggling. Uh, a little bit, what we do different than most places is we're working with registered cattle, which means it's, it would be just like a dog that has its papers that's registered. We know uh, we know their lineage. We know who their mom and dad, their great grandmother, and back for generations. And it's almost like we have statistics of. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a way to put it into human terms. If we want to, if we want to uh, follow me here, if we want to breed the most, the best basketball player in the world that we can, you would get the best male basketball player and the best female basketball player, and that's what we do with cattle. Is we do that, the ones that grow the fastest, that grow the most efficient, that have calves that are not too big for the mama to have trouble birthing. So they are born smaller, they grow faster with less feed, the beef is high quality, and the mothers have, um, the mothers are high mothering capabilities, their feed are good. So these are all things that we can keep stats on and see which line of cattle is best at these certain traits. So. If you have one of these, uh, which our goal is we have a, a bunch of these really great animals that are just the best at what they do, then you can sell semen orders to other ranchers who would then use that to breed their females just to make better cattle. And that's an eternal practice of the ag business, the, the selective breeding of, you know, your, your best, um, you know, creatures is, is through time immemorial how we've gotten to where we are. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the United States has the, the, the best genetics in the world when it comes uh, to beef quality and, um, and growth. I mean, the things we've been able to improve on from 30 years ago is, is mind boggling. And, the, you know, we're, we're producing way more beef than we have before with way less cattle, which is efficiency. I mean, that's that's what that's what we want to do. And efficiency and sustainability are things that ranchers have been needing to do to stay in the business for a long time. So the being able to find rather than buying a bull for thirty thousand dollars, that is really, really, really good. You can buy a straw of semen for thirty to fifty dollars and breed your breed your cows to it. So it's opened up a a way to. Uh, with artificial insemination, it's opened up a way to breed the best to the best quickly. Get the best for less than a tank of gas, folks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and in other, some other cool things we do, we have, uh, we have some recipient cows. And just like a surrogate mother, we have surrogate cows. So uh, we, we 
flush embryos out of cows. We use the, the same semen that we sell and we use in vitro fertilization, basically fertilizing those eggs in a dish. And we're able to transfer that into a, another cow that maybe is not, uh, not the best at growth or at, um, not the best at growth or beef quality, but she is a great mother. So we can use her at her skills, transfer that embryo into her. And she has a baby that's genetically not hers, but to her, it is her. And it, it raises that calf just like it's her own. So it's very sci- very scientific. There's a lot of things we do that we, we're, we're using science that's been proven for a long time. That is fascinating. There's so much more to the ranching business than I could have ever anticipated. Tucker, I appreciate you sharing so much with us today. Um, if people want to follow along, you, they can find your account at Tucker Brown RAB on TikTok. But is there anything else that you wanted to share today that we didn't give you a chance to? Oh, man, I love talking about it. So I can talk for a long time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the message I love to share, uh, I've already said it, that when you're when you're when you're buying beef here in the United States, it's going to be safe whether you buy it locally or whether you buy it at the store. Ranches here in the U.S. over ninety percent of those are family owned. So even if you're buying it from a store, you're probably supporting a family like ours. So I I just love to give the reassurance to folks that food here is safe. Amen, Tucker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the interview. If you enjoyed it, go subscribe to the Elite Video Marketing Show on whatever podcast app you prefer. And you can check out the newsletter that accompanies that podcast at elitevideo.marketing.